with all these startups or deal size average deal size was 2 to 3 4000 while with these enterprises it was upwards of 20000 and uh, there was no churn so that helped us grow at at a very good rate hi everyone and welcome to the value sas podcast the show where we talk to people from around the b2b sas world about their experience building capital efficient businesses In this episode I spoke to Harshit Agarwal, co-founder and CEO of Appnox, which is a cloud-based mobile app security software. Now there's a lot of jargon to unpack in that description, so here's my best attempt. In simple English, Appnox has a tool that allows enterprises to test the security of their mobile apps. So, if you're a big enterprise and you want to put out an app on the App Store or Play Store, for your customers to be able to access your services on their phones you go to appnox first they tell you where you might have potential security flaws and then you fix those flaws now in this session we didn't really talk about cybersecurity much because honestly i don't know much about the topic instead what we spoke about was how appnox found its niche and the challenges they faced along the way now i'll let harshit explain what those challenges were in his own words but to give you some context before we jump into the conversation appnox was on the verge of shutting down before they found their niche once they identified it though it brought a sense of focus to the way they ran their business from their pricing to their messaging to their sales scripts and that in turn helped them change their fortunes and perhaps the most important part of this conversation was how those challenges affected Harshit personally i often find that when we're talking about how to run a saas business it's very easy to think about things in clinical terms we focus primarily on the business side of things how did you figure out your pricing how did you figure out who your target customer was what we don't talk about and what often gets lost in the discussion is the fact that the people running these businesses are well they're people and inevitably the stress of running a business especially one that's not doing well can take a toll on those people so what i spoke to harshit about was how he dealt with that stress now before i drop you into the interview there are a few key points to note first please note that neither harshit nor i are mental health professionals so when we talk about harshit's personal experiences they are just that personal experiences if you're experiencing similar mental health issues if what harshit says resonates with you I'm glad that you found this podcast so you can hear that there are other people out there who are going through this and you're not alone but please seek help from a mental health professional we'll leave some resources in the show notes the second point is more of a I guess a logistical one maybe not a logistical one a terminological one in this interview harshit is going to use the term ciso a bunch because it that's who his target customer persona is now i know a lot of you out there If you're like me, probably don't know what a CISO is. I didn't know what a CISO was before I spoke to Harshit. So, I'm going to clarify what a CISO is right now so that every time he mentions the term CISO in this interview, you know what he's talking about. A CISO is a Chief Information Security Officer. It's an executive level position at large enterprises that implements and maintains processes to reduce information and IT risk. Um Now in simpler English what that means is that a CISO's job is to ensure that the company's data whether that's user data IP whatever data a company has is secure. Uh so if they put out an app and that app has a security flaw in it it's going to be the CISO who has to explain why that flaw wasn't caught earlier. And those CISOs are Harshit's target persona as I mentioned. So every time you hear him say the word CISO just remember it's the chief information security officer. Anyways 
I think I've spoken for long enough. This is probably the longest intro we've had on one of these podcasts and hopefully the longest intro we will have going into the future. Here's the interview. So me and Shubho, we both started in 2014 and uh, Shubho comes from cybersecurity background and uh, he has given a lot of talks in uh, uh, some of the global conferences like Black Hat, Syscan and a lot of other security conferences. And he was one of the early innovators around mobile app security. I'm talking about 2010 when, when like smartphones were just getting launched. So since then he was giving all conferences about mobile app security. He was always a bit ahead of the curve of cybersecurity in mobile apps. And uh, in 2014, Shubha told that this is something that is catching up. And that was the era where mobile first was more of a trend. Where a lot of companies, e-commerce companies, and you all used to come and say that they are mobile first or they're mobile only. So mobile app was getting traction and cybersecurity around it was a major challenge. So we thought it's a good time we should probably get in and uh, look at catering to this segment, which is growing exponentially and cybersecurity definitely will be required over time. So that's when we both started the company India. So someone, so actually that's, that's interesting. So Shubhu did have a background in cybersecurity. That's something I think all of our previous guests have talked about having someone who has a background in the in the field that you're um that you're working in helps a lot because they understand the problem they are able to relate to the target customer and that really helps get the flywheel started because a good starting point is understanding the customer understanding the problem or actually maybe maybe we could touch on that in a few words, could you tell me what is the high value problem that you guys are solving at AppNox? Uh, I'll, I'll tell you the problem. So there is the bigger problem in cybersecurity that most of them say that either you are like hacked or you are not aware that you are hacked. So there is nothing called as 100% secure. So with CISOs, that problem is always there. They also know that there's always a possibility that some or the other issue might be there. And and uh, to be said that uh, my app is 100% secure, I don't think any CISO will comment on their application that way because coming from that background, they know that security in general is a deep pace and there is there's always possibility of someone or the other getting into your app one or the other way and uh, any software that they are using or any integration they are using might be vulnerable and someone can get access to your application through it. So uh, for CISOs, they want to work with a team that is always innovating on new ways hacker can probably think from. And that is something that we have focused on from the day one. So in, in AppNox, we have uh, the biggest team that we have is cybersecurity team. That's roughly 30% of the entire team that works on completely R&D, trying to figure out what are new issues that are getting detected to R&D. Even zero days, our team uh, keeps on detecting and we are very, very bossy about it. Like we are, we are very happy and we try to boost about it. We do marketing posts and all. Because uh, if uh, our team is find, able to find zero days in any software or any, any platform, then, then that means that validates that team is working on innovative security side of things. Like the pitch that we give them is that we, we keep on adding new test cases from any new security issue getting detected and make sure that your app is secure. So that gives them extra validation also that, okay, someone is working on detecting new issues and always ahead of the curve. But still, there is a possibility. I, I won't deny that if tomorrow one of my customer comes back and says, but yeah, we make sure that we reduce that as much as we can. Dude, I understand most of that, but what is a zero day? So zero day is basically, uh, for example, you, we uh, use Zoom and there's a cybersecurity issue in Zoom that they are not aware of. And any researcher, if they talk about it, they, they will release a zero day that I have detected this issue. And uh, this was something that people are not aware of. And this generally goes in uh, uh, vulnerability listing that is maintained globally. That is shared across with uh, everybody publicly so that 
whoever is using it can either patch it and first it will be shared with zoom they will validate that yeah this is a valid issue we'll fix it they fix and then they release those notes for the world to take take that up maybe i'm watching way too much mr robot but that sounds like the coolest job ever like no, so i i think hackers really enjoy what they do uh, that is something that i've seen a lot of our teammates when whenever they find zero day they are also very happy and in in return i think a lot of enterprises also do it in really good way for example i think google has something they have really good payout structure for finding out those issues like shubho used to get from facebook and all i remember when we were in college we are from same college and he used to get those uh, gift cards from facebook and all for detecting zero days back then and that he used to use for himself loan by getting uh, a new laptop fancy laptop and all in college and like we all were getting very small pocket money back then and he had good amount of money with him to spend and yeah show off is this like a is this a thing that like all startup founders do do they all start in college i've spoken to three so far you're the third i've i've, I've spoken to each started his doing marketing in college it, he didn't start tars in college but he started like he started his first hustle in college um and then that like he abandoned that to to work on something else because he 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 wanted to build something that that had real value to the world um kalyan i think started in college as well we have seen uh, i think in in last 5 7 years a lot of uh, entrepreneurs have emerged from uh, very, i think uh, the changing was from facebook uh, probably that 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 brought in a lot of uh, youngsters start thinking on that thing but but still i think we face some challenge like shubho's parents were not happy when he left tcs and started his own company in fact shubho did not inform them for initial 4 5 months and when they got to know they were they were saying what have you done shubho we should have never done this and all of that it took us a while to convince them that we will will figure it out we'll, we'll do it in better way but yeah so so parents are equally scared so i think this generation we have seen some shift happening on that side but it has own like pros and cons i would say what i have realized like in last 6 7 years running appnox if we would have come with somewhat experience of doing things in more process approach from earlier experience we could have been faster in our journey uh, it took us a while to understand that and uh, start setting up processes that that really work we did not think in that way when we started appnox in 2014 but yeah we learned it the hard way so actually with this podcast one of our aims is to identify some of those mistakes that people tend to make when they're starting a b2b saas product and then talk through that mistake like so that people out there who are maybe at that stage of their uh, b2b saas journey can essentially steal whatever you did to overcome the same mistake so d- d- is there one that comes to mind that is something that you yes. if you could go back in time how, how old is appnox now we are roughly 7 years 7 years okay so if you could go back in time 7 years and you could only stay there for like 15 seconds Okay maybe 15 seconds is too little. You would only stay there for maybe 2 minutes and you can talk about just one problem. What would you tell yourself? Okay. I think one of the major thing that has really worked for us uh, later is that we have been very focused on specific inter- like only enterprises we started with banking. While in 2014 when we started up, we were targeting any company that has got mobile app. We used to reach out to them on LinkedIn and uh, try to convince them do a POC, engage with them and close as well. Uh, and we had a decent closure 
uh, rate in 2015-16, we were closing almost three to four companies uh, month on month, which was decent because there was only a single sales team member who was driving it. But the problem was that we were focusing on all different segments. The messaging was not here. It was pray and pray that we were relying on. And uh, along with it, we ended up closing a lot of early stage companies who used to come with mobile applications. But the challenge with them is that they don't know if they will survive. And at the uh, backside, they were all churning out. So this was not really building up any any funnel for us. We are not able to grow the MRR over time. And it was like a bit late till we realized that. Uh, overall, we were raising funds back then. So our investors saw that we have closed 16 or 17 uh, companies in probably a time period of two months. So they were very happy. They increased the funding round. We were able to raise more funds. But we did not realize this problem. And I think it took us almost two and a half, three years to realize that uh, though we are able to close companies on regular basis, but that is not really helping us grow the way we should be. And in 2017-ish, we, we moved to only enterprises, banking. Uh, we were able to close two to three banks. Uh, deal size also increased. With all these startups or deal size, average deal size was two to three, four thousand dollars. While with these enterprises, it was upwards of twenty thousand dollars, and uh, there was no churn. So that helped us grow at at a very good rate, two to two point five x year on year. Again, uh, by two thousand seventeen, we were all already out of funds, and that was the time when we were almost about to die, because there was a good burn we were having, and uh, the funnel was churning out. We were closing, but it was not really working out in our favor. So after moving to enterprises, things things really improved. We were very focused on messaging change in that way. Uh, and then eventually we now are working with a lot of sec- uh, sectors and enterprises, but again, very focused to enterprises majorly. We don't market for SMBs or uh, smaller companies. Uh, and uh, yeah, that, that, that helped us grow in last two, two and a half years, which was not the case earlier. I think we wasted a lot of time in working on, on like wrong target segments. This is a great example of the flywheel model because you made a change in like who you were targeting from which i would see as a marketing problem like a marketing and sales problem but that sort of translates all the way down through the entire business because that affected your churn which is definitely like a kpi that i traditionally would associate with like customer success it i presume also affected your product because or it was more a reflection on who your product was truly delivering value to and it also seems like what was the other I made another connection over there, which I completely forgot just now, but, oh yeah, your pricing, your pricing went up as well. So it seems to have had like a trickle down effect through the entire business process. The second point, which is kind of contradictory to what I just said, is that in theory, I completely understand how focusing on a specific niche helps in the long run. But how do you make that shift in the short run? Because this is something that I have always struggled with, even at ours, where I remember we used to be uh, like a horizontal chatbot player. We used to position ourselves as a chatbot building company. And then we realized that the people who were getting the most value out of our chatbots tended to be marketing folks who were using it for lead generation. So for a little bit, we, we tried to reposition ourselves as a lead generation conversion rate optimization tool. Uh, and chatbots just happened to be the 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 method that we used to help people with that. But I do remember at the time making that shift was really hard because it felt like like all of a sudden like all of the like all of the gas had been removed from the from the engine. If that metaphor makes so, any sense, <laughs> it does. And uh, in fact, we we were going through that that uh, uh, whole whole feeling. But but the other thing that uh, uh, really worked was that that this brought a lot of focus on what goes on our website 
what goes out as a marketing message uh, what kind of calls when we do what what will be the script on the call and for example on our website uh, when we were making the shift the banner showed that we have started working with npci back then uh, that is national payment corporation of india and we worked with almost three or four banks back then so we we mentioned all of their feedbacks only so on the first page it was only about banks in india and that was majorly aimed at closing more banks in india uh, and uh, that that worked uh, we were able to close i think by end of that year we were able to close eight or nine banks and we came up with case study of one of the bank and uh, a bit more below we had a video and uh, feedback of that bank so the first page was only about bank back then so now now if you go it will be talking about a lot of enterprises but yeah so so we focus on bank we only targeted them in fact the calling script that we built focused on asking questions that are very specific to banks problems around them so that it it is more more relatable to a cso when we are interacting so yeah it all worked when when we were more focused only focus on bank but yeah on the other side this also meant we would be losing a lot of revenue that is coming from other segments because a uh, lot of people who used to come on website were from non banking as well it was not like banks were only coming to our website but uh, we made this call we went ahead with it and uh, we thought okay in parallel anyways the pro- thing was that uh, we were at the worst of time so if this does not work uh, we will yeah, probably uh, uh, the company did not work but yeah this was the bet that we went ahead with and the uh, maths we did was that we had roughly around 30 odd customers and we did a match of how much revenue is coming from all of those customers and how much time did it take to close all of those customers and we realized that banks we were able to close in a quarter or two and revenue was the max and we have a bigger target segment that we can reach out to uh, in india so we started with that we zeroed down on that okay so it did take some time for it to work but how if there is a founder out there who is noticing a similar problem and they want to make a shift where they double down on a particular niche that is working out for them and that they can see is their sweet spot how long should they give that transition before turning back because i know that for me it anytime there's like a change in our marketing strategy anytime there's a change in our positioning i have a very very strong tendency to be like no we should we should go back to what we were doing before this change is bad i don't want to do this this is harder it's not going to work what was what we were doing before was at least working a little bit let's go back to doing that so how long do you think people should give it before calling it a wash i think something? at least at least two quarters minimum because uh, anything to work out will take that much amount of time and uh, uh, we, we for us it was a data back decision because we had uh, back then we had roughly around 200000 dollar annual revenue uh, though it was very less uh, with the team that we had 30 member team and all but uh, uh, still we were doing some revenue and uh, that that helped us take a call that okay we have around 20 customers from smb or early stage companies and that's only generating less than 30 40000 dollars for us and on the other side we have three banks and that is giving us another 60 70000 dollars so there is a clear difference that you can see and uh, uh, that 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 made us make that call uh, there might be a possibility that uh, some of these startups when they are taking this call might not have a lot of data to take decision on so in that case i think what i would do in that case is probably try with one sector segment for for a quarter then if it's not working move to another segment but it has to be super quick you have to pick those pick those decisions on again data where you reach out to certain segment uh, if it's not working out for a month then quickly 
shift to another segment that you think works and it's it's more on gut feeling back then because you don't have data again and mostly i've seen that uh, for founders gut feeling works initial days uh, if you don't have data you rely on that and it works if you're super sure about it because uh, i've i've seen a lot of startups that that doubt their gut feeling and that ends up them being in confusion they're not able to do justice to whatever they feel they should be doing and uh, ends up in nowhere anyways so yeah. yeah i found that gut feeling for a lot of people like i mean we think of it as gut feeling but in a sense i mean it seems like a gut feeling is usually based on our experiences our interactions our conversations so if you're talking to your customers enough you'll probably have a decent hunch about what the nature of the problem they face is whether it aligns well with your with your product with your framing with your positioning but i want to circle back to the point that you made about the company almost shutting down i'm sure i mean you're not the first founder who's dealt with that you're not going to be the last founder who's dealt with that and thankfully in your situation you were able to evidently from the fact that you're sitting here talking to me and have an apnox background in your zoom call uh, you were able to to turn the tide on that i'd be interested to know like what the when what the challenges are when you were experiencing something like that so so uh, uh, this was roughly around 2016 17 uh, that was the uh, period uh, where we had raised funding in 2015 from investors so we have we had investors on board definitely pressure from their side and as i mentioned earlier uh, the overall uh, uh, way we were reaching out to enter uh, all the companies pray and pray marketing was not well aligned uh, and uh, we were trying to reach out to anybody with mobile app and try to close them so that led to a lot of challenges we were not able to grow we were roughly around 200000 annual revenue while our burn was roughly around 500000 and that led to us running out of funds in, in a year from raising funds and uh, our investors were behind us trying to chase like what 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 is going on guys because again uh, they were equally worried and that led to building more pressure for us and definitely on the other side looking at bank balance and all we were very very scared of of this tide coming towards us and uh, that's when uh, we we reached out to prasanna as well and the idea of who, uh, reaching out to prasanna was for uh, discussing on how we can shut down the and he told uh, i would like to see like what are your customers like and then he so saw, saw these big logos that we had as customer and told guys you are not doing bad job it's only that you are you are, you are probably everywhere and we should focus on doing it in more processed approach which again as i mentioned that was one of the mistake uh, but that is one of the thing when i think i think about it in hindsight that uh, we were not processed in initial 2 years 3 years we were doing things randomly we were hiring teammates randomly we thought that okay we need ux designer we hired without any proper purpose of what we get done from him so so yeah we realized uh, that's when we took a step back uh, we went back and started doing more research on what we should be focusing on and all but but overall i think that one year was very very bad because you you have to have two faces back then one in front of your team members you cannot go and tell them that we are about to die that will definitely impact them and and when we were looking at shutdown options we were also looking at mnd and when you are looking at mnd the team is strong element that you have to carry along with you so uh, we we knew the that fact and we thought we uh, this is something we have to carry on in parallel and make sure that we 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 don't make it impact our day to day work so we were three founders back then so to avoid this whole stress that is building between uh, founders that okay we have to 
explore shutdown options or mnda options and running the normal business we made a split we told okay let pratik drive mnda discussion evaluate shutdown options and while me and shubho try to run business as usual and try to focus on that make sure things go uh, in line but but overall i think in in that one year as as a team as a personal uh, on personal side i went through a lot of towns i i started having a lot of uh, depression I, I, i used to have back then uh, in fact there was a time when our investors even asked me to resign from ceo uh, so i i i have that letter i did that and uh, but it did not work out in 3 months we came back to the normal form but uh, uh, that whole feeling because i started this company and then uh, now i am i'm i'm probably not even cannot try to fix it when 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 the company needs me the most so a lot of things started happening when you don't have funds i think other problems pop up uh, it becomes even more difficult and this started affecting my personal life i started having a lot of anger issues short temper i used to get agitated very easily eventually i think we started taking some we help from outside on this side and finally also uh, try to take it slow and with help of upekha start focusing on working on process approach made our team lean brought it down to roughly 11 members back then started working on things that we should be focusing on and slowly grew from there so it was probably i, I think a rebirth of apnox that happened post 2017 because we used to function in completely different way if i look at the way we used to function in built before 2017 it was it was very random it used to just happen while post 2017 everything had strong reason behind it we used to do it with data we used to uh, do it in process approach so yeah that that shift happened uh, and i think it was for good i i i mean i can totally relate to maybe i can relate to it on the same degree as you faced it but i can definitely relate to stress sort of be getting more stress where when you're stressed about one thing it's sort of like just whether you like it or not it seeps into like all parts of your life i feel like we talk people on podcast like this talk enough about the business side of things like i mentioned at the beginning how you can approach a situation like this as a founder as someone who's running the company but what i'm more interested in and i think not enough people talk about is how you deal with it on a personal level again i like i assume that at the time there there was no blueprint for how you could deal with something like this and it's clear that you you went through a lot of hardship when you were going through this but if you could go back in time same question as i asked before but now on a more personal or if there was something you could go back in time and you maybe have 5 minutes we'll give you a little bit extra time this time not 2 minutes you have 5 minutes what would you tell yourself on how to approach a situation like this on a personal level so so i think uh, uh, one of the thing that probably we are not super experienced back then as well but what i have realized now is that whatever bad happens uh, it will either turn around or or like it will just pass through and uh, it takes a lot of these experiences to realize that okay and like we think in in that time i used to think that this is the worst that we are going through i am personally going through and in fact uh, there was a time where i was even uh, feeling suicidal i did not I, i i was thinking about it that there was second thought not very strong but that was something that was in my mind and if i think now i, I find it very funny or i find it very uh, i wish to think about uh, all of those things but but uh, i think mental fitness is something that we, we like i never heard about also back then 
but every founder should be aware of because in those early days is what you require more mental support and uh, uh, you need to have someone on your side whom, whom you can talk about these all things because to your friends or your family you cannot go back and say that i'm i'm feeling uh, very low i i feel like committing suicide or something like that but at the uh, other side you have that feeling and and you cannot talk about it so if you have someone whom who is not from your friends and family for example i think now in recent one two years mental fitness has taken uh, priority for a lot of founders uh, but but uh, where where you can 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 hire mental coach or you hire someone who can speak with you and drive those conversations but that was not something that was there back then yeah uh, i think uh, that was something i i would have asked myself to do the other thing was that i had a lot of hobbies as i mentioned in 2014 and during the, that whole era of 2016 to 18 that was something i i did not do at all i left uh, cycling i left jogging and and that led to Uh, building my stress over and above that and uh, i think i i would have asked myself to not leave what i really love continue with uh, my whole i remember in 2014 when we started uh, i i went to singapore the first thing i bought was cycle over there because i i used to love cycling and then in 2016 i didn't had any cycle in ahmedabad uh, sorry in uh, india or singapore i left all of my uh, hobbies that i really enjoyed doing probably not because of stress but because of i don't know what happened <laughs> but yeah you have too many things going on when you are running startup probably uh, all of that led to uh, leaving what i really used to enjoy doing so i restarted my cycling i restarted uh, yoga uh, meditation and all i went for uh, vipassana in 2018 so so this helped me hold my whole stress anxiety a lot because that's when you can take better calls you can work on uh, better things so i would have asked myself to probably focus on uh, meditation focus on what i like, like start doing what i really love doing so these are things that i had somewhere missed in those 2 3 years Yeah, but I can again, I can totally relate to not being able to do do those things and feeling feeling that way when like things aren't going your way in even one part of your life. I get like I completely understand it translating to other parts of your life. But that's I really appreciate you sharing your experience going through that period on this show because I think that it's something that a lot of people tend not to talk about, even though a lot of people feel it. and i i personally find that in situations like this with issues like this when people don't tend to talk about it is you tend to also feel isolated where you feel like you're the only one going through something like this but having people out there actually talk about what they went through as well i suppose can help that being said i'm not a mental health professional so take everything <laughs> that i say with a grain of salt about this but for me personally knowing that there are other people out there who faced similar problems to me and have overcome them at least help me feel less isolated dealing with those problems i think we can honestly we're coming to the end of our time here i think we've covered a lot of really good topics that should be talked about in this space definitely should be talked about amongst amongst founders more more so honestly more so the personal stuff than the business stuff but yeah thanks for talking to me man that was and thanks for putting yourself out there it's not i know that it's not easy for people to do that and i really appreciate the fact that you you did thanks thanks anup thanks for listening to that episode everyone if your podcasting app gives you the option of rating us be sure to do that because it helps us get in front of more people and of course stay tuned for the next episode in a couple of weeks